Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 18 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And today's letter is amazing. But before we get to today's letter, I want to say thank you for all of you who have sent letters. And I love reading them. And I need more of them. I want to hear about your complicated relationship with food. So please send them to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. And I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. So today's letter is amazing because it's talking about body image and the very common experience of loving your body or respecting it in one second to hating on it in that downward spiral in the next second. In today's episode, I also share some experiences with my own body image that make me feel a little uncomfortable and vulnerable, but hey, I love you guys and all of you listening have been um, really sharing your vulnerabilities. So it was time for me to also share a little bit about my experiences with my body. So I do hope you appreciate and here's the letter. Dear Food, 
It has taken me years, but I finally feel like I'm starting to come to peace with you. I have bad days and better days, but I've worked really hard with my treatment team in the last year to really make my eating disorder recovery stick this time. I'm not nearly as afraid of you as I was a year ago or two or three, and from time to time, I even enjoy you. But here is my dilemma. I feel like a hypocrite. I am still working on accepting my body, my fat body. It turns my stomach to even write that word quote unquote fat, but I'm really trying to accept it for what it is, an adjective and not a moral judgment or character flaw. And some days I can. In my career, I work with a lot of children and it's really important to me to do my best to model body positivity for them. And when I tell a child who asks about my body that I'm the exact right size for me and you're the exact right size for you, I really believe it in my bones. I had a fantastic evening with some friends recently. We were celebrating a birthday with a backyard campfire and I felt no guilt or shame over laughing and chatting with my friends while over the course of the evening eating dinner, birthday cupcakes and s'mores made over the fire. I felt fine in my body and I knew it was okay to eat what I felt like eating. I was among friends who love me. I felt so okay in my skin that I even thought to myself, I wonder if this is what recovery feels like. But then in a work situation a couple of days later, I found myself in a group of adults who were questioning their own weight or commenting about their latest diets or how they needed to lose X pounds or shouldn't be eating this or that. And suddenly I felt so wrong in my body. I felt like I needed to shrink or just be invisible. I felt like I didn't even deserve to eat. I sulked over to the corner and ate my salad because I felt like everyone was judging me, the fat one, for just eating. And the truth is, there probably is some judgment some of the time. I mean, thin privilege does exist, and I don't happen to have it. But some of this is in my head, and I just keep questioning, how can I be a body-positive role model for the children I work with when I still have these days, bad days, filled with so much shame and hate for myself. Love, hypocritical role model. Hi there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your letter, your very important letter. Your words spoke to me, and I know that they're speaking to other people listening. So thank you so much for your bravery. And I also want to say good for you about the work you've been doing towards your recovery. And I was so glad to read that things appear to be easier and on firmer footing or firmer ground. So um, that's just really wonderful to hear that after all that work, it seems like it's sticking this time. And like you describe in your letter, I feel like other people on a similar path of recovery can identify when the eating part seems to be less chaotic that's when the body image recovery work really begins. And I don't think that makes it any easier. I think it's a different part of the journey. And I think it is equally challenging. And it, from your letter, it seems like that's where you are right now. And body image is something that is never black and white. Body image is something that is such a fluid experience and it can change in a moment 
uh, just like you describe. And that doesn't mean that anything's wrong. I think that means you're aware that things uh, are being experienced differently. And with your increased awareness, it may feel uncomfortable, but I don't think that means that anything is wrong with what you're doing. And I want to share something with you that I'm going to be honest, I feel a little uncomfortable sharing. Um, People who are close to me in my life, they know all about this, but it's not something that I've ever spoken with with um, clients or with, um, I don't know, on a podcast that anyone can listen to. But I want to share it because I feel like it's something that you may find helpful and other people that may also be sitting with that hypocritical kind of shame may also find benefit. So if it is not something that's beneficial, then I suppose that's my bad, but I'm going to go ahead and take this leap of faith here. Um, and as I, as I tell you this experience, um, letter writer and anyone listening, I want to also identify that I'm not in a fat body. I'm someone that does experience thin privilege. I, I don't know what I weigh, but I, I'm certainly smaller. And so I identify that there's parts that I have never walked in what you're describing. Yet it's a story and an experience I've had with um, negative body image and, um, you know, I do call myself this body image guru. <laughs> so, um, you know, if someone is saying, hey, I can really help you with your body image, and I struggle with it too, um, I hope you can know that it, I feel like it's a normal part of being a human right now. So in 2011, I was in the throes of infertility. I had um, secondary infertility. I struggled with a little bit of infertility um, before I got pregnant with my daughter and uh, multiple miscarriages. And when after my daughter was born, um, I think it was about uh, two and a half or three years, we, we tried to um, have another child biologically. And in 2011, I noticed that my body image was um, quite negative. I kept thinking that my body was... Um, I don't know how to even explain it. Sometimes it's hard to put words on it. But uh, the way I experienced my body, it felt really negative and that like something was wrong with it. And I didn't put it together with the infertility treatments. But at the times I remember looking at my stomach and thinking that it didn't look right. And I also um, wondered if it was getting to the point where my body was starting to gain weight rapidly and that I was worried about it. And when I say worried about it, I certainly wasn't changing my eating. I wasn't changing my movement. I was, I feel like really lucky in that I was really aware of the thoughts and I was noticing them and it felt really uncomfortable because I do sit with clients who are struggling with similar experiences and sometimes their bodies are similar to mine and sometimes they're not, but there's a similar conversation going on. And um, when I read your letter, I, wow, I was like, yep, that sounds a lot like what I experienced back in 2011 um, and, and times since then, of course, but the um, the moment where it really started to be the toughest, but then also started moving in a place of healing was um, when I was in the last rounds of fertility treatments. Um, I was doing a series of injectables. And if anybody here is in the, in the middle of fertility treatments, man, I feel for you. It is a really tough experience. Um, and what I was doing was giving myself injections every day for um, about a week. And um, 
you have to give them in your abdomen. And there was a moment where I, I felt like I, I was, you know, starting to give the injection and looking at my stomach and I had such a, a experience of like hate with that body part. And I, before I injected, I remember being like, whoa, 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 that, this is it. This is where it is. I need to sit right here. And as uncomfortable as it is, I need to think about really what's going on and uncover why I'm experiencing this negative body image. And I had to sit and think about what was going on right before I started having those bad body thoughts. And what I was thinking about was my body and my stomach is useless. And if you, whew, excuse me, as I can feel the, the, the emotions are still so connected to it. But if you experience infertility, um, there's a feeling of we can't control what's going on with our body. And in that moment, that's when I realized my negative body image was a symbol of that inability to biologically have children. And I, and I realized also um, that it was okay, you know, that my body really wasn't bad. My body got me through the infertility. And even though I held so much hatred in those moments for my abdomen, my body was still there for me. It still carried on. It still digested food. It still, um, I still ovulated. And <laughs> just my body couldn't do anything with that ovulation. But my body was still doing what it needed to do, even though I had all these negative experiences with it. And for me and, and my family, that's, that's also the moment where I decided that the fertility treatments were no longer health promoting for, for us, for, for me. And um, it was time for us to walk away. It was a really tough decision, but once I connected infertility, hurting my body image, um, it was not tough anymore. So I have to appreciate that in this moment, I feel really uncomfortable that I shared so many things. And also that I started to cry a little bit on my podcast, but I hope you can appreciate that um, all of us, no matter what we experience, have something we don't like about our body. And I do feel like it can be an experience that feels surfacy and that, oh, I just don't like how my stomach is shaped. But as we uncover more, it is usually speaking to some kind of unmet need. And for me, it was that I was not able to biologically have more children and I was really hating on my body for that. And for you, letter writer, because we are experiencing differences um, and the, the way that we got to this place of negative body image is probably a little bit different. I wonder for you how our culture and the oppression of people and fat bodies, how that is kind of like my fertility treatments in a sense. Um, it's, it's, and it, it, I could walk away from fertility treatments. I could say, I don't want to do this anymore. And you still live in this world. And I, I think that's something that, um, I, I think it's kind of messy to compare people's struggles, but I do think that makes your struggle harder than mine. I think that does make it harder because you're going to be living in this world. And I don't think our world's perception of body size is going to change anytime soon, although we're trying really hard. But I do think it's something that we need to help you to feel stronger, to withstand the oppression. And 
in order to do that, I want to contact my um, colleague, Paige Smathers. She's a dietitian that actually has another podcast. She has a podcast called Nutrition Matters, um, and she discusses many similar things that we discuss here. And I have a feeling that she's going to have some more insight. So let's go ahead and give her a call. Hello. Hey, Paige, it's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hey, Julie. It's so good to talk to you. Yeah. I'm great. How about you? I'm doing just fine. And I'm so glad you could take time out of your busy schedule today to help us with this letter letter from the hypocritical um, role model. I couldn't remember the rest of it because I keep thinking about how the letter writer was feeling what I kind of gather was like shame with feeling sometimes not so happy about her body. And I wonder if you had a chance to read it yet. I did. And I, I loved it. And I really felt, felt for her or yeah. him. I'm assuming it's a her. Did she say yeah. it was a her? I, th- I don't know, but I guess I assume that too, but I have a yeah. feeling that men can relate to it as well. But yeah, I think it was a, a she too. And, you know, Paige, you were the first person I thought of for this letter because I totally, I've been listening to your podcast, Nutrition Matters for as, a long time, probably since you launched it. But there was one episode in particular where I feel like I kind of like fell in love. And it's the one uh, titled Paige's Story. And, you know, in that episode, you were very, like, much very vulnerable and like shared your experience growing up in a body that didn't feel as acceptable. And um, so when I read her letter, I thought of you because I have a feeling that you can have, you probably have more insight and awareness that I think this letter writer will benefit from. Well, thank you. I'm honored that you thought of me. And it's so great to be here with you discussing this. I love it. Yeah. Well, so what is your, like, what's your first impression when you read this letter? Um, My first impression was probably just, I loved the part where she talked about the backyard campfire and how she just was laughing and hanging out with her friends and having a good time and feeling really good in her own body and feeling really comfortable. And, and then all of a sudden kind of catching herself on guard, off guard thinking, wow, is this, is this really what recovery feels like? I loved that part. That was such a beautiful glimpse into peace with food. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that, that was yeah. the part that stood out to me the most. Yeah, I agree too. And I, it's, it's neat that we can kind of gather from this letter that she really has cultivated an awareness and like an attunement with her mind and body so she is aware and can step back in those moments and really notice how good that feels and, you know, kind of almost like a reward of like all this really hard work that she's done It is helping. So she's having more positive moments. Yeah, right. I thought that was beautiful, too. Yeah, it's definitely not without the, the the negative ones, too, which which is so heartbreaking, you know, when when she has those moments of of freedom and then those moments of just feeling so as she puts it so wrong in her body. Yeah. Well, would you, would you say that like when she experienced the negative um, body image, you know, like having witnessed the conversations about body hate and dieting, is that also what recovery feels like? Well, I think recovery for every person is different in my Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And I think it's, it's not this linear process it's often very bumpy and very kind of just incremental improvements. And we're looking for 
sort of trends in the right direction. And, and kind of like you mentioned earlier, where, where you have more good, happy, peace, peaceful moments with food, then you have those negative feelings. But I think, I think in reality, it's important to set an expectation that recovery doesn't mean that everything is rainbows and butterflies all the time. Right. I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would mean we're like robots and we're not, we're not these robots. We can just program, you know, we we're humans living in this world where body hate is really normal. Like that's a normal way to relate to food. I hate that, but like, that's just normal body image these days. Um, and certainly you and I are like hoping to change that, but that's the kind of what I gathered from her letter is that, you know, when she was having these moments where it felt like a flow of positivity and connection, that's recovery. But I also think recovery is still the struggle and being aware of the struggle and not running from the struggle, you know? And I'm like, that. she was just as much in recovery in my mind in that like negative moment too, because her awareness was there. And, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, and it, you're right. It's not like rainbows and, um, roses all the time. It is, there's, there's times where it's like up and down and yeah. I mean, that's, that's what recovery is to me too. I feel like it is a messy kind of thing. Totally. And you know, that made me think of, um, the fact that we talk about all or nothing thinking a lot when we talk about dieting and the dangers of dieting and how it can really play into that, um, all or nothing thinking. But when we're talking about recovery, I think we can sometimes get into that, fall into that same trap of thinking in that way where we think, okay, recovery means that it's, it's all this one way, or it's, and if I can't do that perfectly, then I can't do it at all. And so a lot of times people who struggle, I'm not I'm not trying to generalize, I know I am, but a lot of times people who struggle with with eating disorders, in my in my experience, do also struggle with sort of having some of those perfectionist tendencies. And so I think that's another thing to keep in mind is uh that recovery is messy and it's not all or nothing. And you can fall into that same kind of almost dieting mentality in recovery. Um, which I think is kind of an interesting, different idea than you normally think about recovery in. You're, you're right. Yeah, I think we've uncovered something really interesting. And I don't hear a lot of chatter about that. But I certainly can identify when people kind of have this perfectionistic idea of what recovery looks like. So then it almost makes it look like it's unattainable. Like if I'm not doing it perfectly and always loving and always um, eating when I'm hungry and stopping when I'm full, then that means that I'm not recovered. And it sounds like you and I were like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not like this end all be all like linear thing. It is something that is like not black and white for sure. It's, um, it's, I feel like it's when we can be aware and be combat compassionate with our choices, no matter what they are, that to me is how I would define someone working in recovery. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have like a, a way that you would like to define it, but that's kind of how, how I think about it. I love, I love that idea of awareness and, and often we just feel sort of out of control and we don't know why, and we don't know why we're feeling so negatively when we're in the midst of disordered eating or eating disorders or body hate or whatever we want to call it. Um, but I think, I think I loved what you said about recovery. That's it's, it's becoming aware of when your thoughts are being hijacked by, by these these eating disorder thoughts or these body hate, um, self, this body hate self-talk. So I think recovery is making active steps in the right direction mm -hmm. with, with the expectation that it's not linear and you're just doing your very, very best. 
And the way I like to uh, encourage my clients to uh, assess where they are is rather than saying, did I have a perfect day of eating or did I get on the scale and it was the number I wanted, whatever. I, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> Those ways of um, measuring success. What I like to say is if you can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, and if you can honestly tell yourself that, you know what, today I tried my very hardest with, with from self-talk to compassion to loving my friends and family, to serving other people around me, to being the best person I could be, um, given the situations I was in. If the answer is yes, then I'd say I'd say you're doing pretty well. If the answer is mm-hmm. no, maybe take a look at where you could improve and and try again the next day. Because in the end, all we can ask in recovery or any other time in our life is just that we try our best. Yeah. Well, so what about this letter writer? You know, it seems like the thing that she's most concerned about maybe isn't even her own recovery. It's um, how she's modeling um, self-acceptance and body acceptance for young people. You know, do you think even though she struggles sometimes, do you think she could still be a model of body positivity? Yeah, that, that's such a good question. And something I think you and I both can relate to as people who are, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I could call myself an activist in this, but I, I kind of think I am. I'm really trying my hardest to get this word out there. Um, and so someone who's really trying to model healthy body image and, and body positivity, but then, you know, you have those moments where you're like, man, you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, um, maybe I'm not as happy with the way that I look as I sometimes hope I am, or maybe I, struggle some days where it's really hard for me to to muster up the ability to think positively about my body and other days where it's just super easy and and comes naturally. So I think in the end, this is another all or nothing thing where we think, oh, if you're helping someone or if you're setting that example, then you need to be perfect at, at body positivity, for example. When in reality, we're messy. We're, we're you know, we're all one big ball of mess, I think. <laughs> and so, you know, I think if we can give each other a break and recognize that even people who are trying to stand for something are in their own journeys and, and you know, trying to figure it out, um, but but maybe have figured a lot of things out along the way and are trying to share what they've learned and what they've come across in the research. I mean, I can relate to this letter reader, definitely. Um, it's gotten a lot better in my life, but I still do have moments of weakness where I kind of feel like, man, I need to, I need to remember what it, what it means to be positive about my body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I think all of us can, I can identify times when we've struggled and especially if we do work as dietitians or healthcare providers or therapists that also help people with body image. I feel like maybe people will put us on a pedestal that we don't ever struggle, but we're not robots either, you know, and we live in the same world. And then in particular, people who are in body sizes, um, or shapes or ethnicities or abilities that are not considered as acceptable in our, our world today, you know, I feel like they're going to struggle too. And, um, so I think it's really important that for the letter writer to know that, you know, Paige and I are people who have struggled and will continue to struggle with body image. Um, and we still feel like we can help other people and 
for you, letter writer, you can still help these kids that you're you're working with by modeling um, acceptance and also the acceptance that you're not going to be doing anything perfect. You know, nothing is all or nothing in this world. We're all full of gray and we're messy all the time. And as long as we can be compassionate in how we respond to it or try to be compassionate, then that's, I feel like, is the beautiful model right there is when we like demonstrate that part, that like forgiveness and acceptance. That's so beautiful. Oh, thanks. thanks. And then the one, one thing I would add is just, I've noticed just in my experience with my podcast, how much people appreciate and almost gravitate toward your vulnerability. So, you know, um, I, I wonder if the letter writer could carefully, you know, and appropriately share some of her vulnerabilities with her kids so that they understand, wow, this person that I look up to and think the world of, well, she has struggles too, just like me. And maybe that will help them feel like they could talk to her or like they could have an ally in their struggles Mm -hmm. because, you know, here's an example. I I was talking to a friend of mine whose, whose child was struggling with, um, kind of, kind of, uh, being fixated on overeating. And I, I told her, you know, maybe what you could do is you could say, you know what? I really like cake too. And sometimes I want to eat more of it than, I maybe should, or then makes my, that makes me feel very good. And so sometimes I have to recognize that, you know, maybe I want more, but I need to kind of take a, take a step back and think about what that's going to make my body feel like. Um, and, and the point is she was, I, I encouraged her to model some of that vulnerability with helping her child understand that, yeah, that's a struggle for her too. And, and to not help, to not make your kids or these kids that were around and modeling healthy behaviors too, that they don't feel alone in their, in their struggles. Mm-hmm. Adults, adults are imperfect too. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't want the kids to have this expectation of perfectionism as well. Like to model that imperfect is the normal. Um, yeah. 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 I agree. And you know, it makes me think about, there's a book, I don't know if you've read it called Shapeville. That's a, geared towards children, but I read it to adults all the time. And it would be one that I, I don't know what the ages of the children that this letter writer works with, but um, especially if she's in a place where self-disclosure could be helpful, um, maybe there are other children in that she helps that are in fatter bodies. And you know, if she's seeing them um, being bullied or otherwise feeling some kind of oppression from that, Shapeville is a really great book. And then it's a, a great segue into sharing her own experience of like, you know, I look different and I have struggled with that and um, there's nothing wrong with my body, you know, and even though I may get the message that there's something wrong, there's nothing wrong with my body. And um, yeah, I think that would be a really cool experiment for her, especially if she felt like the time was right, because the more she is um, able to show, you know, she's practicing body positivity, which includes at times an awareness that it, it's not always like feeling so hunky dory, you know, um, yeah. that that's really what, and that's to me, that's what body positivity about is not like, I not absolute love, it's um, compassion towards it. So, um, you know, what you've shared has been super helpful. And I wonder um, if you have anything you would like to add to our food peace syllabus. Um, on this podcast, we have something called a food peace syllabus where like we include all of the resources that we are cultivating over time 
through our discussions that people can use to um, kind of study ways to reconnect with food. So Paige, do you have anything we can add to it? What a great, what a great resource that you're developing. That sounds awesome. Thanks. Uh, well, you're welcome. So one thing that just comes to mind is I'm in the process of developing a eight to 10 episode series about body image. So I know you focus a lot on body positivity in your podcast and, and developing and fostering a healthy body image in ourselves and helping others do the same. So I'm, I'm working on that and cultivating that right now as we speak. So, you know, if your listeners are interested in, in diving into some various topics within the idea of body positivity and body image, they can check that out. I think that I'm hoping that that will be a really fun resource to add. Yeah, that would be great. I feel like um, I want listeners to find your podcast and to your story, that episode that I was talking about earlier. And what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll put a link to that episode. And then also to the um, I know you've already released since we've um, well, while we're taping this podcast. Um, you, I know you've at least released one of those episodes. So I'll go ahead and connect to that one. And that'll help people like get connected to that series in general. It sounds yeah. awesome. And it sounds like something that this letter writer, um, you know, she could like put the podcast in her ears and connect that way and like hear the messages that are helping to fuel her recovery and help her to compassionately reconnect to her body. So whenever she does witness conversations like she want the one she had with um, some coworkers where they were talking all this body hate stuff and wanting to diet, you know, it's kind of like she could do that afterwards or maybe during if she just wants to be like showing her distaste of the conversation she can just go ahead and put her headphones on and and ignore them um but if she doesn't want to do that she could do that later it's kind of like a an adjustment for the body hate that she just heard so i'll be sure to do that do you have anything else you'd like to add to it i i'm a pretty big fan of a website called beauty redefined it's a group it's actually two twin uh women who are PhDs. I think they're either current PhD candidates or they've already gotten their PhDs. I forget. And they have kind of developed this nonprofit organization where they go around and speak and also have a blog um, all about body image and body positivity and just try to trying to kind of reframe and redefine what we think is beautiful in our in our culture. So they're doing a lot of really great work. So anybody who's interested could check that website out too. Fabulous. And I feel like work like that is what's going to help like move the great big ship of our culture (laughs) to like start to change direction and to not focus so much on body size and to work towards omitting the oppression that people experience in larger bodies, which I feel like this letter writer would benefit from um, because certainly she can't just like change culture. But connecting to this type of website, I think, is would be a wonderful way for her to like, just feel that strength in numbers. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they have, you know, tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. So there's, there clearly is a, is a audience for that message. And there is community in that, in that, even though sometimes you feel like you're swimming upstream when you're someone who's trying to work on, you know, feeling comfortable in your own skin, there are people out there and sometimes you don't connect with them in real life because, uh, like I said, it's, it's a little bit counterculture, but, but there's this great, robust, uh, welcoming, loving online community that I would just recommend trying to, trying to kind of tap into. 
wherever oh, possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paige, is there any way besides your podcast, is there any way people can connect with you or reach you? Sure. Yeah. I try to keep my, my, uh, social media outlets to kind of a manageable amount for me. So <laughs> I, I pretty much just do Facebook and Instagram okay. and, uh, just type in Paige Smathers RD in either one of those and, and you'll find me. So, and I'll be sure to put those in the show notes too. Sure. So they can just go yeah. link back that way. So don't even have to search. Well, yep. thank you okay. so much for your time. I think, um, you have definitely provided some further steps for this letter writer to like step away from the shame and really stay connected to her body positivity and the compassion that comes from that. So I just am so thankful that you're able to help us today. Well, thank you for inviting me, Julie, and um, you're doing wonderful things. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Okay, sounds good. Take care. So hypocritical role model. I hope you um, gathered some insight and some possible solutions to experiment with from my discussion with Paige. And, you know, before we get to the letter from food... I want to just let you know that I think you've done so much brave work and, you know, your relationship with food, I'm assuming, had lots of perfectionism and black and white thinking and what is so harmful about that experience and why eating disorders are so um, devastatingly harmful to our mind and body is that they disconnect us from our own wisdom and keep us from really being in ourselves. And what I really want to encourage you to be compassionately aware of is the presence of that perfectionism in your experiences with body positivity. And I think the more that you're aware of them, it doesn't make you a hypocrite. It makes you a human in recovery. And that is beautiful and important. And I hope you continue to grow and acknowledge the strength in that gray. So here's the letter from food and let's hear what food has to say. Take care. Dear hypocritical role model, our journey together has not always been simple or easy. Reconnecting has provided increased health, well-being, and joy. The perfectionism that plagued your eating relationship may be trying to jump ship to swim over to your eating recovery and body positivity island. Notice when the all or nothing perfectionism is changing your body image expectations. Compassionately give yourself permission to be where you are right now. Notice your footing still on recovery island while adjusting for the storms. Others will benefit from your lessons in body positivity navigation. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food Series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.